If you've listened to previous episodes, you'll know that one of my favourite topics is that of online security. In this episode, I'm going to talk more about how you can take steps to secure your online life. Hi, I'm Julian and welcome to another episode from Productivity Matters. This show is all about getting the best out of your day through the better use of productivity tools and discussing the various methods you can use to incorporate into your daily routines. If you're new here, then welcome. And if you've listened before, then welcome back. Online security is a phrase that seems to pass people by. In fact, I've been trying to think of another way to explain what it is in simpler terms. Let's look at it another way. Most of us know how to look after our real-life selves, our own personal security. We're vigilant when we go out and about, we lock our homes when we leave, we lock our vehicles when they're not being used, and we keep our personal items secure. It's easy. It's how we're educated as we grow up. We're conditioned to look after ourselves and our personal effects. So what about your online persona? There is so much of you in the big, wide world of the internet. Your email accounts, your online shopping accounts, your bank accounts, to name just a few. How vigilant are you with these? Do you take care with your passwords? Are they suitable? I'll come on to that in a moment. Where do you keep your passwords? Do you have time delays on your accounts so that they automatically lock when you're not using them? Do you shield the keyboard when you're typing passwords on a public computer? Do you use two-factor authentication? More on that too soon. There is quite a lot to consider, and whilst we all depend on passwords to secure accounts, it's easy to become blasé about it. Because it hasn't happened, there's the it'll-never-happen-to-me attitude. It's totally the wrong attitude to have. Whilst each password is important, there is one you should guard like your life depends on it. Well, your online life does depend on it. Your email account. Your email is like a window into your life. Your personal messages, business messages, online shopping orders and receipts. There is so much in your email account that, if a hacker was that determined, they could mine it for information and try to access everything. First of all, they can cause spam by sending rubbish to all of your contacts. All that does is clog up the system, and it's also very annoying, but it's not overall damaging. Secondly, they can learn so much about you, where you shop, who you write to, and no doubt some of your emails will be password resets. They sometimes contain your username, and in many cases, I'll bet your email address is your username. In other cases, they can see communication you're having and they can now intercept them and spoof an email. Now, here's a great example based on a real-life report. And Let's say you're having some building work done. You've had quotes from the builder. You've got confirmation of the work. All is good. The builder is on site. He's doing the work. It's so exciting. One evening, you're relaxing at home when you receive an email from the builder explaining they need a small advance to purchase some material. And they ask for about £2,000. They include the bank details and add some urgency, asking you to pay as soon as possible so that they can continue with the job. And you transfer them the £2,000. Well, why wouldn't you? The email was from your builder. 
they're the one doing the work. Well, the next day, you ask your builder if he got everything that he needed to do the job, and he's confused. He never sent you an email. You show it to him, and he doesn't recognise the bank details. On closer examination, the sender's email address wasn't his either. A hacker had taken advantage of knowing your personal business. Now, this could so easily have been prevented with a little bit of due diligence. First of all, was the email from your builder? Check the from address. Does it match? Do you recognise it? Secondly, was the bank account the same one as the one you've probably used before when you paid him a deposit for the um, to the builder? Check your records. If you are in any doubt as to the authenticity of a request, check. Your builder, or anybody, won't be unhappy or annoyed if you call to double-check if the email is genuine. If it's, you know, if it's uh, genuine and, you know, he sent it, then he'll be happy you've received it and you're going to pay it. If it isn't genuine, then you've uh, avoided a, a disaster. The worst part is that with these type of scams, it's very difficult to get your money back because since the transaction was actually authorised by yourself, the bank will argue it was valid. Now, this is getting better. Banks are starting to take a more sympathetic approach, but it's not a given. It is your responsibility to check the validity of a request like this real-life example. And before you start asking, no, it didn't happen to me. I mentioned earlier about keeping passwords safe, and there are a number of ways to do this, but the most important is to use a different password for each account. If you use the same password for all accounts, then once a hacker has gained entry to one site, there you can more or less gain entry to all of your online accounts. You've made it so easy for them. Now, I also know it's hard to manage multiple passwords, especially if you have a large number of accounts. And I checked and I have about 300 different accounts. Now, not all of them are active admittedly but they are online accounts that i do have passwords and usernames for yeah it's a lot but i use a password manager to help me without it i'm not sure what i'd actually do password managers are services that store your passwords securely and in many cases they'll also generate a password for you so you don't even need to think about that either what's more once they're stored no one but you can access them they are totally encrypted. Now, there are a number of password managers available in the market, but the one I use, and I have been using them since 2011, is LastPass. The beauty of a password manager is that you only really need to remember one password, the master password, the password that gives you access to the manager. In fact, once you have your password manager all set up, you never need to remember a password again. And if you forget your master password, then I'm afraid that's it, because nobody else has access to your security vault. Now, what I found with LastPass, it has become so integrated into my personal workflow. When I open a new account, I use LastPass to generate a password for me. It automatically stores it, along with the website information, and the next time I visit the site, the login details are automatically populated. It's great. I have control over the type and length of the password, so it can include a full gamut of letters, numbers, and special characters, or it can be all lowercase, all uppercase, it can be just numbers. It can even be a slightly readable password if you want to have some way of memorising it as you go. 
LastPass has evolved greatly over the years with user experience being smoothed out and reducing the friction between the user and the system. And this is great because as I've alluded to, online security is perceived to be hard when in fact the opposite is true. They also support multi-factor authentication, also known as two-factor authentication or 2FA. And this is where you use an additional form of ID that only you possess to identify yourself before you can access your accounts, something like your mobile phone, which most people have with them. And when you log into an account, you'll usually be prompted to enter a six-digit code that is either generated from an app on your phone or sent to you via a text message. This means that even if someone does get hold of your username and password, they would still need your second ID in order to get access. Yes, it does slow down the access to the website by a few seconds, but I'd much rather that than have somebody else access my account. Where two-factor, or 2FA as it's also known, is available, you should always turn it on. Using your face or fingerprint is also considered as a second form of authentication. So now would be a great time to tell you about my free course, specifically about online security. It's free because I am passionate about the subject and believe everyone should take responsibility for their own protection. It's an eight-week course via email. There's no hard sell involved, just lots of useful advice with hints and tips about creating passwords, using a password manager, and how you can improve your own online security. There's a link for it in the show notes, and you can also sign up via the website too. As I've said before, online security isn't hard. Yes, you need to think about it, but taking any steps now to secure passwords and your personal information will help to ensure you don't become a victim to fraud or hacking in the future. That's all for this episode. Hopefully you found something interesting. And if you have any comments, then I'd love to hear from you. Just message me via the link in the show notes. Please don't forget to subscribe where you normally listen to your podcasts so that you never miss an episode. Thank you very much for listening. And until next time, please remember, productivity matters. <laughs> <laughs>